Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Teen Inc. Podcast. I am so happy that you joined me today. Today, we are going to be talking about identity. That's this week's theme. So this kind of falls in line with the release of our August issue of the Teen Inc. Magazine. That one is specifically coming up with a new identity when you're going back to school. So you're sprucing up your fashion, your, I don't know, cultural knowledge or whatever for the new school year. Um, For many, a new school year represents a new you. So you've spent two to three months away from your peers and so much could have happened over the summer. Like maybe you fell in love with surfing or you started volunteering with a nonprofit and you've become this environmental activist or maybe you stayed up every night until 4 a.m. reading Grey's Anatomy fan fiction and it's kind of your entire personality now. I mean, so much could have happened. And the great thing about being in your teens is that you have the freedom to explore your passions and interests and the evolution of your identity, be it through fashion, hobbies, other introspective means. It is a great time of your life to explore and express yourself. So savor it. Um, In this episode, we will be sharing some highlights from the August issue. So we'll also cover jealousy, living in a sibling's shadow, and how one little change to your morning routine can change your outlook on life. Stick with us. All right, so this first article is from the magazine. It's called The Lacking Sibling, and it was written by Caitlin Ayana. She writes in her author's comments that this was a moment that really stuck with me throughout high school, and it is something that I will remember for years to come. So, without further ado, The Lacking Sibling. It was my freshman year of high school, and my older brother and I were starting at a new school. My brother was going into a grade where people had already established their groups, but despite his nerves, I knew he would do fantastic. Being the only sibling that I have, my brother was always my ride or die, the first real best friend I had. And as older siblings tend to do, he always protected me from just about everything. Our first year was tough, but we slowly found our way. My brother soon became a star favorite among not just his grade, but the whole high school. With his charisma, talent, and humor, it was no surprise that people instantly wanted to be his friend, and I was proud to call him my brother. Even though I did not make friends as easily as he did, I never thought about being jealous, so it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me until a comparison started. Where my brother was chill and easygoing, I took a little more work. I was an independent, assertive, and opinionated 14-year-old. I loved to debate and have intellectual conversations, and many of the adults called me an old soul. In simpler terms, I was not fun or entertaining. At least, that's how I was described by people in my grade. Around halfway through freshman year, other kids would start coming up to me and asking me about my brother. What kind of things does he like? What can he really do? Can you do them too, since you're his sister? I would never know how to respond to these questions or why they were being asked of me. And when I would try to answer that I could not be like my brother, another student would happily respond for me. No, she's nothing like her brother. He's less uptight and way more fun. At first they were just comments, simple questions that I could brush to the side and never think of again. 
but for months it continued, on and on and on. Kids I had never met began to talk about me and how I was the lesser sibling, the lacking sibling. I began to curl into myself because I was lost as to what to do. Do I stay myself or become more like my brother? Do I become who they want me to be? Slowly, jealousy grew from my own flesh and blood. I never thought I would be jealous of anybody. In fact, I never really cared enough to have that emotion. But life threw a curveball. Fighting this envy was more painful than what I had assumed would be a knife to the chest. It felt like I no longer had a sibling. I was alone. But I quickly learned how wrong I was. As I sat inside the dark shell that I had created, my brother began to hear the rumor spreading, and he deeply disagreed. Every day, my brother would start to be more loving and caring to me, driving me to school, coming to see me during lunch to make sure I was doing okay, doing his best to hide the rumors with his truth. My jealousy for him began to dissipate because I learned that it didn't matter what other people thought about me. He was my best friend and my own personal protector. There was no point in me being jealous. After all, I was the favorite person of the coolest student at school. Though being jealous was not a highlight, I do not regret this moment in my life. It taught me that family is a strong bond, not so easily broken. Because of this, I believe that me and my brother would not be the same without this test. But that is the way of life. Sometimes you have to travel through the dark night to find things that make your sunshine. After my brother graduated and I changed schools, I was never plagued with jealousy again. And as for those students, well, my brother let them know exactly what he thought about me. Long story short, they never got to be friends with my awesome older brother. I do think comparing yourself to someone is completely normal and natural, especially when it comes to a sibling. That person is typically around you for many years of your life. Uh, you see who they are in front of strangers, friends, families, and by themselves, and you might think that because you're flesh and blood or you live in the same household with the same parents or have similar growing up experiences that you should be similar or equal in all parts of life. And it's so easy to get sucked into that endless cycle of jealousy that it can take a real wake-up call for you to realize that just because your sibling is better at sports or math or writing, it doesn't mean that they're a better person than you. Everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses, and that's just part of living life and learning what makes you unique. And most importantly, it is not up to you to let other people know what you can do who you are, it's up for them to find out. So if anyone ever comes up to you and asks you, what can you do? Can you do all the cool things that your sibling can do? It is so okay for you to say, no, I can't. I'm my own person and I like that. So this next article is about a tiny change that one of our writers made and it changed the way that she saw herself by the end of the week. So it's called, I made myself not wear makeup to school for a week and it was written by Haley Griffith. Every weekday I wake up at 8 o'clock sharp with 50 minutes to get ready. I spend that time doing my makeup, curling my hair, and getting dressed before I head off to school for the day. Last week, however, this was not the case. I slept in all week for about 30 extra minutes because I decided I was going to go the whole week without wearing makeup. This might seem like nothing to most people, but it was easily the scariest thing I've ever done. 
I spend so much time every morning getting my makeup perfect so that I feel my best when I walk out the door just to sit in a classroom with a mask covering half of my face anyway. I'm a genius, I know. But seriously, this is like a big change for me, and it went a little something like this. What made me decide to do it? I've had this idea for a while now, given how dramatic of a change it would be for me. I rely heavily on makeup to make me feel pretty, and I knew letting a lot of people see me at my most vulnerable would be a challenge for me. Getting rid of my makeup gets rid of my confidence, and without it, I truly have none at all. Even when I'm not at school, I prefer having at least some amount of makeup on, even if it's just mascara, because it makes me feel better. Going into this week, I was nervous that my lack of confidence would be obvious to everyone around me and that it would just ruin my week entirely. What people around me thought. Just as I suspected, my boyfriend was a huge fan of this idea. He always tells me he loves me just as much with or without makeup, and yet I refuse to believe it. He was shocked when I told him what I was doing, but was my biggest supporter along the way and kept me from giving up on it throughout the week, which I was very close to doing multiple times. My parents obviously use this as a little lesson to tell me everything I already knew about self-esteem and how I don't need makeup at all. Surprisingly, only one of my friends noticed my change from my normal all-done-up look to my just-rolled-out-of-bed look. What they said really stuck with me, so much in fact that I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget. Confidence should be built out of self-love, not from wearing makeup. And when you wear makeup, you should use it as an expression of who you are. What I learned. Not to make this sound like some personal reflection essay, but this week taught me so much. At the start of the week, I felt so bare and exposed that I just put on some sweatpants and kept my head down all day. By the end of the week, however, I was feeling so much more comfortable than I thought possible and really gave into the idea. I walked into school on Monday thinking people would stare at me and notice, but that didn't happen. I constantly overestimate how much of a main character I am because absolutely nobody paid any attention to me. I know, I know. Congratulations. I learned the world doesn't revolve around me. But seriously, it took me until the end of the week to realize that most people didn't even take notice, and if they did, they couldn't care less. It is so difficult for me to get it in my head that everyone else is way too focused on themselves to care what I'm doing or how I look one day. Even I don't pay enough attention to people to notice if they change their makeup or if they aren't wearing any at all, and I somehow thought that they would take notice of me. People always say that you are your biggest critic, and that never meant anything to me until now because it is so true. Final thoughts. Now for the moment we've all been waiting for. Will I be doing this again anytime soon? Obviously, sometimes things happen and I don't have time to do my makeup, which I can completely accept. But other than that, I don't see myself doing this again in the near future. People have told me I look just as fine without any makeup on, which means the world to me, but that doesn't change the fact that I feel so much more confident and happier with it on. I ended that week feeling somewhat comfortable without any makeup, which I never thought was possible, so I'm immensely happy I worked up the courage to do this and step out of my comfort zone. At the end of the day, however, I am going to continue doing what makes me feel best, whether people take notice or not. Haley brings up a great point in this article about confidence. If something makes you confident, makes you feel like you're on top of the world and you can take on any challenge and it's not hurting anyone or yourself, that is what is important. Confidence is truly so hard to come by. You have to fake it until you make it. So if you find something that helps you along that journey, power to ya. 
And if you're scared of what others might think, especially when you're stepping out of your comfort zone, just flip the scenario around. Do you notice when a random person wears clown pants or uses hair gel for the first time? Yeah, maybe for the clown pants, but are you making fun of them and calling them names in your head or out loud? I hope not, and if you are, stop it. I guarantee you that most of the time others are not going to notice because everyone's too busy thinking about themselves. So what do you guys think? Could you give up something that makes you feel comfortable or confident for a week? Would you give that something up? If you decide to take on a challenge similar to Haley's, document your before, during, and after and submit it to teenink.com. This last poem is called Not Like Them. It is written by Abigail Walmer, and she writes, I am not like them, with their thousand friends and their smooth, effortless words. I am not like them, with their skin-tight jeans and their stylish backpacks, the brand that everyone but me knew was fashionable. I am not like them, with their trailing tangles of earbuds and their fingers darting and dipping over their phone screens like frantic swallows at dusk, texting, texting, texting everyone they know. I am not like them. I will never be like them. I am not like them, and I don't ever want to be like them. Except sometimes I do. I want to be the kind of girl that doesn't sit alone in the library at lunch. I want to be the kind of girl who doesn't cry in the bathroom during gym. I want to be the kind of girl that has more than one friend. But I don't know how. Is that wrong? Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In the author's comments, Abigail wrote, This poem is for everyone who has ever been lonely, everyone who has ever felt that they do not belong and never will. So this poem also falls in line with the topic of jealousy and that sort of passive peer pressure. The line, the brand that everyone knew was fashionable but me, really stuck out to me. Um, seeing everyone around you, having what you feel you don't, and wondering if something is wrong with you, I remember feeling that way as a teenager. I either didn't have the name brand flip-flops that everyone else had, or I didn't have a busy enough social life. I didn't hang out with my friends outside of school as much as the other kids did. It's a completely relatable feeling, one that sometimes still lingers even in adulthood. And while it doesn't go away completely, you do get better at recognizing that feeling and rationalizing it and pushing past it. So while I don't have everything I want, I do have most things that I need. And while it's natural to want to feel like you need to follow the herd, you'll soon realize that it doesn't stop once you finally acquire that pair of Birkenstocks. And it's also so cool to march to the beat of your own drum. You don't need to be like everyone else. That's what makes you unique, memorable, and eventually confident in yourself and your identity. So don't even worry, you're doing great. And remember, literally everyone has these fears and worries, so you don't need to stress. Just live your life authentically. With that, we have wrapped up our very first episode of the Teen Inc. podcast. 
Um, the main takeaways from this that I want everyone to feel is that it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to find yourself and evolve through your teen years. You will literally never stop changing, even through adulthood. So starting now is only natural. And to be honest, you're probably even in the middle of your evolution of your identity. So keep going. Keep finding it out. Great things are at the end. So that wraps up our episode on identity. Our next episode, which is a part two uh, about going back to school, will also be available whenever and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Once again, please make sure to follow us on social media for updates, announcements, and to also play a part in these episodes sometimes. Our Instagram is at team.inc, and everywhere else we're at teeninc. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon.